Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I am Jason Kong sitting across from a, a very festive looking Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Well, I've got my Christmas tie you got on. Your Christmas tie on. Yeah, very festive. <laughs> well, good morning. I hope you're doing well. I'm I'm wonderful, Bill. You We're know. Mighty close to Christmas these days. Uh, what is it? Two weeks to go? The countdown is on, Bill. The <laughs> countdown is, is definitely on. Are you ready? I, I told you before the show, I, I I will be ready whether it's I'm ready or not. So. Well, yeah, I think that's true for all of us. Uh, you know, we'll we'll do the best we can. So we'll we'll see if the postman shows up on time and and all of the delivered goodies get delivered and and the like. But they're actually doing a pretty good job for the most part. Uh, yeah, it, it can be frustrating, however. You got to pay attention to those delivery times. That's yeah. that's the big thing right no, now. No question about it. But, so. Bill, it's, uh, you know, we're talking about that time of the year, and people often think of this as the season of giving, and we're going to be talking about gifting today. Well, well, it is, and, and there's no question uh, that it is the season, season of gifting. Um, anyone who's ever worked on a, a church budget knows that the, the great majority of uh, church income uh, comes in right now, you know, in, in December. Um, I, I think it, it, it is gifting is on people's minds, whether it's charitable gifting or whether it's uh, getting ready for the grandchildren or for the children uh, and the like. Um, so it's, there's no question that it is the season of, of giving. In fact, one of the things I tell my clients that's from time to time is when the, the, they give um, to the church, particularly, uh, one of the best times to make that gift, in, instead of making it in December, uh, June oftentimes is the best time to give because as December is the, uh, the biggest budget months for churches, uh, the summer season tends to be when uh, giving gets pretty slack. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing. It's just the way you look at things. Well, anyway, this, this morning I thought I would like to talk about uh, gifting in a, a little different sense than what we think of in terms of Christmas gifts. Uh, now, Christmas gifts can come in lots of different packages, large and small. Uh, and, um, you know, from my perspective, the, the best gifts that we can give are giving of ourselves, giving our time, giving uh, our love, um, as opposed to simply material things. Uh, but we do give material things, and they're special, and particularly can be step special if a gift is really uh, well thought out. And I, I can't say that I'm very good at those kinds of gifts in terms of uh, figuring out what unique little gift would, would is appropriate for, for folks. That That's a pretty tough task and there are some people who are really good at it <laughs> and I'll give them all the credit when it when it comes to those kind of things but I, I what I want to focus on uh, are major gifts and I'm not talking about Chris you know the typical uh, material Christmas gifts I'm talking about those lifetime huge 
gifts that people often consider. Um, and um, for instance, uh, oftentimes clients think about uh, as they get older and they're worried about their health and they're worried about um, protecting their home or protecting their farm, some people, and I think for the most part it's a huge mistake on their part, but they think that their family will be better off if they protect, and I'm putting protection in quotes here, protect their home or protect their farm by gifting it to their children or to a child, a particular child or not, um, when they don't need to, (laughs) okay? And it's rare when they need to, but oftentimes uh, they do that type of gifting. They deed the farm, they deed the house to a child or to children because they think that is the best way to protect it, when rarely that's the case. Uh, in fact, there are so many ways to protect property that does that does not require that kind of, of um, thinking. Uh, and there are a number of implications in making major gifts that are terrible. And, and quite frankly, when some, you know, somebody goes to, for instance, a real estate attorney and says, I want to deed my house to my son or to equally to my children or something along those lines, most attorneys will not try to talk you out of it. They'll just say, okay, well, I'll be happy to prepare a deed for you to transfer your home, and it'll be $300 plus the cost of recording or something along those lines without giving you any advice on whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. And, and that is where so many families really get into trouble uh, because oftentimes those transfers are a huge mistake uh, for not, not just the parent who makes the gift, but for the children as well. Because gifting a major gift... Um, can often lead to taxes that are totally unexpected. In other words, you think you're doing the right thing, and it costs you $100,000 that you would not have had to pay because you've done it, or it costs your family that. And so there are a lot of issues that go with gifting. And so... Um, and uh, so the, the first thing I want to talk about is, is gifting, in essence, to protect uh, your home or your farm or a bunch of, uh, for instance, uh, let's say an investment account that you have. Because first of all, most of my clients, most seniors, are in pretty good financial shape. They've worked hard all their lives. They have no debt or they have very little debt. Uh, they're not risk takers. <laughs> and quite frankly, typically, parents are much less of a risk when it comes to owing taxes or owing creditors or the like than the children are, and especially the grandchildren. You know, it, the, the the grandchildren and children typically are much higher risk takers. They typically have mortgages. They have credit cards. They have a lot of creditors out there. Hopefully they're paying their taxes. 
But do you really know that or not? You, as a parent, you may not know. I mean, oftentimes you know if they're in trouble financially because they come to you asking for help. But, uh, uh, you know, and, and that's another issue when it comes to, uh, to, to kids. You know, they're always, instead of going to the bank, guess what? Uh, you know, they're going to the deep pockets at home uh, asking for help. And, and, you know, that can lead into huge problems as well because mo- uh, many parents, I won't say all, but many parents will give their child or grandchild a shirt off their back when they're putting their own future in jeopardy because oftentimes they don't have the financial resources and they don't know what the future holds. None of us have a crystal ball when when it comes to that. And there's a, a real, I mean, from my perspective, there's a real issue here because oftentimes the children and or grandchildren, they don't really know your financial circumstances, nor can they predict the future either. They just know that they need some help and that you're better off than they are. So why shouldn't they get what you have? And there's something wrong with that picture, you know, because they, you know, you had to work hard your whole life to to uh, save what you have for yourself. And, and more than likely, you're going to need it for your future. And if you give it to your child or children because they're, they're in crisis or they appear, you know, they make you feel like they're in crisis and you're their only hope. Well, frankly, that is rarely the case. And the fact is their crisis is not your crisis. And the fact is they actually will be better off if they have to figure out how to get out of their own crisis without your help than with it. Um, Now, uh, you know, there may be people that say, oh, that's terrible for you to say that. But the fact is that there are too many in the younger generation that they want to live your lifestyle. They want to have everything you have without working for it. And, and they want you to give it to them. And most of us can't really afford to do that without putting our own future in jeopardy. So it's something that we have to be very, very careful about in terms of making those decisions but the folks who give their children the shirt off their back and then they don't have their own shirt, they're making a huge mistake for themselves. And truthfully, they're making a mistake for their children as well. Um, so, uh, But there are many, many issues that I want to talk about when it comes to major gifts and how, um, how important it is for you to know what you're doing when, when you make those decisions. If you want to get a hold of Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him. Maybe you're thinking about making a a large gift to a family member. Speak with Bill before you do that. Schedule an appointment to see him by going to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can register for Bill's free webinars. Next set is happening on Wednesday, January 12th. We just had some this past week we'll talk to bill about that a little bit later but if you would like to learn more about the subjects of long-term care assistance financial assistance that may be available to you in form of medicaid and va benefits as well as learning about asset and trust asset protection and trust planning be sure to go to wgalaw.com click on the seminars button these are free webinars to attend it's free to register learn more at wgalaw.com 
www.thepowerofthenews.com and click on that seminars button at the top of the page. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about him at WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. If you want to register and and attend Bill's free webinars, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. Bill, we just wrapped up uh, some webinars this past week. I hope everything went well. Oh, we always have fun with my (laughs) webinars. You know that. It's it's just uh, my opportunity to, to try to uh, help educate folks on areas that are fairly complex, you know, but, and um, there's, there's so many tentacles with, with things, uh, and it helps people to uh, get a grounding, uh, whether it has to do with Medicaid or how long-term care assistance works. Uh, so that's one seminar we do. Um, and one part of that that's so important is the area where, for most of us, there's no help. There's no government assistance. And so one of the things that our, our webinar does is it, it helps people know when there might be help for them or there can be help for them and when there's clearly no help for them. Uh, because having that information in advance is huge. Because there are a lot of folks out there that say, oh, if I don't have anything, the government's going to take care of me, which is baloney. Uh, you really have to know your stuff. Um, and, of course, the afternoon webinar is all about asset protection and how trusts work, and and uh, that's uh, a huge area where people are just uh, – they're very sensitive. How do we protect our property? What are the best ways to do that? Um, and, you know, as we were talking about earlier, some people think the only way to protect it is to give it away. And oftentimes that's the worst thing that people can do. Now, there one other way that people think that they might do is to use an irrevocable trust during their lifetime. In other words, put the property into the trust, and some folks know that when it comes to long-term care planning, that creates uh, an issue for five years. There's a five-year look back for Medicaid from the date of the transfer. And of course, I would be the first to say that a trust is far better, far, far better, because you can do a whole lot with trust than an absolute gift, which is almost always a huge mistake. Uh, for families to, to do that. Uh, a trust at least gives you some control over how things are supposed to go when you transfer property into a trust. But oftentimes, a, a trust doesn't work the way people think it does. And so again, you have to have someone who really knows how not only trusts work, but how Medicaid works, because the fact is, is that most people are trying to use an irrevocable trust to protect their home or protect their farm from what? From Medicaid estate recovery. And oftentimes, and I've had a number of trusts 
where they were created and they didn't they didn't work they didn't work the way uh, people thought I, I reviewed one recently from from the state of New York which I'm assuming because it was done by an attorney in New York uh, and cited case law and and statutory schemes in New York that that particular trust would work in New York. Unfortunately, the folks who with this trust moved to North Carolina, and that trust clearly does not work in North Carolina because our rules are different. Even though they're federal rules and they're based on the Medicaid rules, New York has a different system than North Carolina, and that particular New York trust would not work at all for a Medicaid application in North Carolina. So different states, different rules, people have to realize that. All right, so let's go back to the discussion we started with and we got off the topic. All right, uh, just recently uh, I had a client consult with a wonderful woman, 67 years old, appeared to be in good health, um, and actually not, the appearance were a little bit deceiving because in the past year, she had actually had a pretty major stroke that she's fully recovered from. And the good news is she has a good doctor and, and she's on medication now and things like that. But she's only 67 years old and so she's already had some serious medical issues. Now, uh, the reason I bring her up is because she was feeling guilty about the needs of a child and a grandchild um, because her family was was putting pressure on her. Now, this lady was almost an orphan in my book. In other words, she was divorced, unmarried, had she was living alone, uh, is living alone. Uh, and it's like, okay, let's look at your resources to, to, and then see if there's anything that you can do. Because in essence, what she really wanted to do was to find a way to help her grandchild. Uh, as, as opposed to, she had one child, a daughter, who happened to have some real bad issues herself. In other words, some addiction issues that she uh, and in fact, lost control of her daughter. In other words, she didn't have custody of her daughter because of her own issues and things like that. Now, the client, um, she had pretty good income, and she had some nest egg. She had a home, but she also had a big mortgage on it, so she wasn't debt-free. She had income of about $4,000 a month, which is a whole lot better than what most people have. But she only had a nest egg of a retirement account. Other than that, she really didn't have anything. And her nest egg was less than $100,000. Now, here she is, 67 years old, with a taxable nest egg, very little savings, but pretty good income, but health issues, okay? So here's the problem. And I had to tell her, I said, look, you cannot afford to make any substantial gift to your family. I mean, because number one, she needed to take care of herself. And the problem is you don't have a crystal ball. While she feels healthy now, that's the status quo. Where's she going to be five years, 10 years from now? 
And if she needs assisted living, the cost of assisted living is more than her income. So if it's more than her income, how's she going to pay for it? It has to come from her nest egg. Well, guess what? Her nest egg's pretty small. So the fact is, is her nest egg would be depleted in most situations if she had an assisted living crisis, if you will, and she'd be out of money in two years. Well, that's problematic. So when you think about that, if you were to give, let's just say $10,000 or $20,000 because a child is in crisis, guess what? That's the shirt off your back and you're going to run out of money in less than two years at that point, and you're not able to take care of yourself. So guess what? Rule number one, particularly for those who live independently by themselves, and they can't depend on a child to take care of them, which is, you know, becoming more rare. So the you know, how do you take care of yourself? Well, you don't give the shirt off your back. You know, if there's something left when you die and they can inherit it and you're delighted for them to inherit it, great, but don't give the shirt off your back. Rule number one is take care of yourself so that you don't become a burden on your family. Now, I, I want to make sure I emphasize this. My client if she actually became in crisis herself, they would not come to her aid. She would just be destitute. And and that is true with a lot of folks. You know, the fact that your children come to you in crisis does not mean they will be there for you if you get to crisis stage. You know, oftentimes that's not the case. So if you're like my client who was independent she didn't have anybody she could depend upon. You, rule number one has got to be take care of yourself first. And that doesn't mean not to give small, you know, normal Christmas gifts, but the fact is take care of yourself. Now, there are lots of other issues when it comes to gifting, and I want to get to that. We will get to those, and don't forget, if you want to learn more about Bill or if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with him, go to WGA Law. Dot com. That's the best way to do that. If you want to call the office, you can call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. If you would like to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, you can also go to WGALaw.com. If you want to register for Bill's free webinars, the next set is happening on Wednesday, January 12th. Be sure to register now. It's free to do so, free to attend, WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button if you want to learn more about Bill's webinars dealing with long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back with more related to gifting right after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, WGALaw.com is where you can go to learn more about Bill, WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we're 
talking about the subject of gifting, particularly large gifts, and how there are just so many unintended consequences. No question about it. And, of course, one of the most important things to me, for my senior clients particularly, is maintaining and keeping control. Uh, There are very few people that want to give up control of their property, uh, give up control of their resources, if you will. Uh, However, gifting, major gifting, is counter to maintaining control. Uh, One of the best... uh, uh, examples of that years ago, early on, you know, we're talking 20 years ago, I had a client, a wonderful lady, uh, but she was no longer able to safely live in her home. And unfortunately for her, she had income that was a little bit too high. She she was one of those folks, and, and there are plenty of them out there, who fall Uh, through the hole in the safety net, if you will. In other words, her income, my recollection, was about $1,600 a month, which basically means that her income, while low, was over the income cap for help at the assisted living level. Well, about 10 years before that period of time, she and her husband, when her husband was alive, deeded a life, in other words, they maintained a life estate, but deeded the house to one of their two children, a daughter. Uh, And uh, now, of course, their expectation was is that their daughter would accommodate them if they ever had a need. Well, the problem was that, uh, of course, the other thing they didn't think about is that it also took not only the daughter, but the daughter's spouse, her husband, to consent to anything dealing with the home. Well, guess what? The woman, the client, could not afford assistance, so she only had one of two options in order to get the help that she needed. Number one, she could mortgage the house, you know, like a reverse mortgage, uh, and stay in her home and have people come to her and pay for it through a reverse mortgage, or sell the house and basically use the money uh, to pay for her care in assisted living. Well, guess what? The daughter would not agree to mortgage or sell the house. I mean, bottom line is she was going to get the house when Mama died. And so, in essence, Mama could not get the care she needed because of lack of control. Her daughter actually controlled whether or not she could mortgage or sell her own home and the daughter refused to uh, to help. I mean, it was one of the worst things. Uh, but I learned a real good lesson early on in my uh, practice when it when it came to Medicaid and government assistance planning. And control to me is really important. The truth is, this lady could not get the help she needed if it were not for her church and Meals on Wheels and things like that. Um, I mean, she. I mean, she was really destitute to begin with. Uh, but the fact is, she barely could hang on. And uh, unfortunately, I, I lost contact with her. I don't know what happened after that, but I know it was a sad situation, and and it's one I will never forget. So control is extremely important. Uh, and I'm sure at the time they gave the, the life estate uh, or they gave the remainder interest in their home to their daughter that they had a good relationship with the daughter. But unfortunately, they didn't have a crystal ball to know the future. 
and they didn't see the change in personality in, in the daughter. It was a really sad thing. All right. Now, there are other issues other than control. A biggie has to do with if you make a major gift, you better have your tax planning in place because there are a number of tax issues that go with big gifts. And I know we need to take a break, so when we come back, let's talk about those tax issues. We will get to those tax issues. Don't forget, if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, you can do so by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go if you want to learn more about Bill's free webinars dealing with the subjects of long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning, go to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to learn more. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we will be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. I am Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, we're talking all about gifting today. And, you know, we usually give gifts with good intentions, but most of those intentions are not filling the pockets of Uncle Sam. (laughs) No question about it. Now, let's talk about gifting and taxes. And, of course, the thing about it is most people think that when I talk about taxes and gifting, I'm talking about gift tax. And I'm really not because gift tax rarely, if ever, applies in any significant way for most of the gifts that we contemplate. Why is that? Well, number one, there's what we call the gift tax annual exclusion, which means that we can make a gift each, each of us can make a gift of up to $15,000 per year to as many people as we want to give $15,000 to. <laughs> okay, so now, uh, frankly, clearly, most of us can't afford to do much of that uh, at all, ever. Okay, but 15000 a person. And if you're married, you can double it. In other words, you and your spouse together could give each child and each grandchild and every friend you have $30,000 each year, and you don't even have to file a gift tax return, okay? And the $15,000 cap is going up next year. So it's going from $15,000 per year to $16,000 a year. So you and your spouse together can give $32,000 in January. So if you want to make a big gift in December, go ahead. And then in January, you can do it again up to to $16,000 per person to as many folks as you want to. Now, that alone is why the uh, they're very very rarely are there gifts that we have to worry about as it relates to gifting. Now, let's say that we're giving the home or giving the farm. Do we have to worry about gift tax? We don't. Why? Because there's also a lifetime exemption for gifting. 
And today, that lifetime exemption is $11.7 million. So after we get through with our fifteen dollars or $16,000 gifts that we give, then we've also got this annual, I mean, this lifetime exemption as well. So what that means is, let's say we give the house and the house is worth $300,000, then okay, we have the uh, annual exclusion fifteen thousand, and if we're married, thirty thousand, and so two hundred and seventy thousand would be over and above that. So we would have to file a gift tax return, but we don't have to pay tax. We just simply uh, we file the gift tax return. We claim two hundred and seventy thousand off of our eleven point seven million. Okay, and so we don't pay. The ta- we don't have to. We don't owe any tax. We j- now using our gift tax uh, exemption does lower our death um, exemption called the estate tax exemption, and so we have to know that we're doing that. But most of us don't wear- have estates of eleven and twelve million dollars, so we don't have to worry about that. And that's per person. So if you're married, you and your spouse together have $11.7 million each. (laughs) So again, unless you're an extremely wealthy family, you don't have to worry about taxation when it comes to gifting. Now, obviously, we use our gift tax rules to to be able to structure gifts for our high-wealth families. That's a different issue. But for most of us, it's not a big deal. Now, The other thing, one of the things that we've been worrying about as advanced planners was that the exemption was going to drop significantly. Uh, And uh, frankly, I was one who thought that the exemption would drop to $6 million. But the legislation going through Congress right now, unless they throw us a huge curveball, and I don't think they will, although many of us are being very, very cautious right now, is that instead of the exemption going down to $6 million or so, uh, it's actually going to go up because it's indexed. So next year, it is expected there are gift tax exemption, our estate tax exemption, and our generation skipping exemption will go up to, get this, $12,060,000 each. <laughs> so... Like I said, it's not an issue uh, right now. Now, the other thing that folks do not understand is that the exempt, this exemption is sunsetted. And what that means is that in the future, these exemptions will come down automatically. It's already written into the law. So it comes down at the end of 2025. That's what's in the law. And when it comes down, it will come down to about $6 million, a little more than $6 million each. And so for those folks with a lot of wealth, that is a very important issue to to remember. Um, But it, it makes a difference. Now, There are other tax issues that go uh, with uh, this because oftentimes, and if folks don't realize this, let's say they give their house to their children thinking that that helps. Well, when they make an absolute gift of the house or the farm to the child, one thing that they don't realize is that they're also giving their basis, their income tax basis with the gift. 
And that has two hugely negative consequences for the parents and children. Number one is that if the house or farm needs to be sold to during the parent's lifetime to provide resources to pay for their care, they've lost their what's called a 121 exemption, which is $250,000 per spouse off the income tax. So in other words, it, it, it oftentimes the sale of the house will have a big capital gains tax because the house has appreciated significantly since it was acquired. So you lose not only your 121 exemption on the sale of your primary residence, which is a half a million dollar exemption, but you also have lost any step up in income tax basis for your children at your death. And so if the property is sold during your lifetime or after you die, there's no step up and the children have to pay capital gains tax on the sale. And oftentimes that capital gains tax can be over $100,000 on a nice piece of property. You know, the capital gains tax right now is generally 20% federal, and you have state income tax on top of that. So it doesn't take a, a huge gain to, to have a huge taxable result. There are ways to avoid losing the 121 exemption and losing the step up in income tax basis. But you can't just go and say, deed my house. You've got to get good advice and good planning so that if you really want to give it away, do it the way that will result in the most positive situation, not only for yourself, but for your children and grandchildren as well. And that takes good advice. Good advice is always key. We always like to say you don't know what you don't know. So having an expert along the way to guide you is always important. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, maybe you've got some questions related to estate planning or gifting. Bill can help show you the way. Schedule an appointment to speak with him by going to WGALaw.com. Or if you want to call the office, that phone number is 919-256-7000. 2567000 a short break and back with more this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander and we will be right back listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. If you want to learn more about Bill or maybe you want to learn more about his free webinars, go on over to WGALaw.com. That's Bill's website, WGALaw.com. If you're interested in learning more about the subjects of long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning, register for Bill's free webinars. Next set happening on Wednesday, January 12th, WGALaw.com. Dot com is the website to go to. Just click on the seminars button at the top of the page. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander, and we're speaking today all about gifting Bill. And, you know, we've, you've hit us with a number of client stories, and th- these are always valuable learning lessons. Well, you know, the fact is, is that oftentimes when parents want to make a major gift, it's because of their concern and what they've heard, oftentimes a myth, about Medicaid. In other words, they don't want to lose their home or their farm 
because they need Medicaid to pay for nursing care. Uh, and most people have heard there is a five-year look back when you apply for Medicaid. And the look back is, um, is to basically find gifts made within five years. And what actually the Department of Social Services is looking for are gifts primarily made to children and grandchildren. And the whole purpose is so that you can't give the store away in order to receive Medicaid. There, and what a lot of folks don't realize is that most middle-class families can, in fact, with good planning, get on Medicaid very, very quickly without worrying about the five-year look-back. But the five-year look-back does come into play when major gifts have been made. And oftentimes they're made without professional help. They, you know, they just think you're doing the right thing, and oftentimes you're not. And I'll give you another client experience just recently. Another wonderful lady client came in. She's single in her early 70s uh, in, and in actually very good health. Uh, now, this is the more typical situation where she had lost her husband uh, a few years earlier and ha- have she has children that she loves and and love her and she wanted to protect her estate that's the reason she came to see me because i am known for asset protection planning for folks and uh so but all right so we have a a, a fairly healthy uh lady um worrying about uh medicaid in the future and, and that sort of thing her home was paid for completely, so she was doing pretty good on that. But again, she had a fairly small nest egg. And so the the question was, are, and she insisted, let's put this home into an irrevocable trust so I'll know it's protected. And, and basically, um, that actually can be problematic in North Carolina. Um, in terms of doing it the way she thought it should be done. And again, I had to talk to her about the fact that the, the biggest long-term care issue for many people is not nursing care. It's assisted living care. And her income was, my recollection, between two and $3,000 a month, which, of course, was not enough to pay for assisted living if she needed it. It was enough to, you know, to live comfortably as long as she was in good health. But that people worry about bad health, but they don't think about the areas of where they will need more than their income, but they're not eligible for Medicaid because they don't need nursing facility care, which no one ever wants to go to a nursing home. We know that. So you're trying to avoid that. Well, uh, oftentimes, an irrevocable trust it, it does not help you when it comes to those kind of issues. So my advice to her was not to create an irrevocable trust. I did not consider it to be in her best interest. Even though I make a lot more money doing a trust than doing other kinds of planning, what I told her and what I tell all seniors, almost all seniors anyway, is that what they really need, sometimes they do need a trust, but more often they need an advanced general durable power of attorney. You know, so many folks think, oh, I've got a general durable power of attorney, that'll work. The fact is, is that most of them do not work 
for asset protection planning. You've got to have a general durable power of attorney that is specifically designed so that you can do asset protection planning or a family member can do asset protection family for you should you need nursing care in the future, hoping that you never will. Well, that's the advice I gave her. I said, look, you don't need a trust, but you do need a much stronger general durable power of attorney so that your children can protect your home in the future if need be. But look at it this way. You may choose to sell your home and move to an independent living community or to do something else with your home, so don't put it in an irrevocable trust. So now, do I like trusts? Of course I do. I love trusts. I think they're great ways to plan, but they're not for everybody. So it really comes down to achieving your purpose, staying in control, uh, making sure your tax planning is correct uh, for you and for your children, uh, and getting you the best results. And that takes good professional advice. And that ought to be the lesson if you've been listening to the entire program, that having advice along the way, professional advice, is key. If you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com to do that, or you can call the office 919-256-7000, And if you're interested in attending one of Bill's free webinars, He has two of them dealing with long-term care assistance as well as asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com is the best place to go as well. Click on the seminars button to learn more. Again, they're highly educational opportunities for you to learn for free and register for free at WGALaw.com or call the office 919-256-7000. We are out of time for today, but we hope you will join us again next weekend. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.